Hello, Steven. Hello, Sinabai. Yeah, please. Um, we want to start. Yes, please. Okay. So let's, in a minute, just close our eyes and pray and thank God for this opportunity to study His Word and understand the mysteries of life and all the invisible things that are around us, but our sensual perception does not give us the ability to reconcile. But God himself, through his word, has exposed to us all these mysteries. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for our lives. We thank you for the lives of our friends. We thank you for knowledge, wisdom, understanding. We thank you, O oh God, that you have made us people who cherish your word. As David said, that I have esteemed your word more than my necessary food. We pray, O oh God, that you continue to ignite our desires for your word daily. Because indeed, and in fact, that is the most essential thing in this world. We give you praise, we honor your name. We exalt your supremacy. In Jesus' name we pray, thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Okay, great. So, um, we are talking about the mysteries of the spiritual armor of God. And um, yesterday we introduced us to the concept of the armor of God. We said the terminology armor of God seems to suggest that it goes armor, which by privilege he has you know, bestowed upon us to use in this life. We understood from Isaiah 59, verse 17 and 18 that God uses, of course, he, he described himself as, you know, wearing this armor himself. We understood in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, that Paul begins by saying, finally, my burden, to indicate the fact that this aspect of the scripture or the letter he was writing to the church of Ephesians was the most critical and essential. Well, he admonished us to be strong in the Lord. And in verse 11, told us to put on the whole armor of God. That we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That suggests that this armor we are talking about is not for physical battle, as you see today. But it's just something that we need to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, from Ephesians 6, verse you know, 11, 12, 13, you see the word stand, stand, withstand. Okay, that is to say that we are being empowered with this. We will look at that another time, but so that we do not fall. You know, fall back into perdition, fall back into sin, backslide, you know, fall into addictions. That is why we are supposed to put on this armor. So it admonishes us to stand against the wiles. We explain that the word wiles is the word methodia in the Greek, which implies methodology 
schemes, deception, tricks, you know, strategies and stratagems that the He admonished us that um, the, the weapons of our warfare really is not canal. And we explained that the weapons of our warfare that he talked about was actually the, the armor of God. And it's not canal as, as we know. But yet, it is spiritual and it is so powerful enough to pull down stronghold and casting away every imagination and higher thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Now, what Satan really does today, we are going to see how Satan really works, okay? And we will look at Ephesians 6, you know, still at verse 11, you know, talking about standing against the walls of the enemy. Now, I'm sure by now we all know that you know, Satan does not carry on an open physical warfare. In fact, one writer said that he advances so covertly and makes his approaches in the dark. Of course, he works in the dark, and that implies that he works in one's ignorance. You know, when you are ignorant of something, then of course, he gains advantage over you. That's what the Bible says, that for we are not ignorant okay, of the schemes or the agenda of the enemy. Because in any aspect of your life that you are ignorant of, Satan gains advantage of. Very, very important concept. Okay, of course, he also employs cannon rather than power. You know, you don't, you don't really see, you know, you know as, as we see in Nigerian movies, you know, Satan appearing and then, you know, throwing some powers, no. Okay, it happens sometimes, but, Mostly, that's not how he works. Of course, he seeks to betray and deceive rather than physically vanquishing and, of course, you know, physically battling. Enemies that, you know, employ this kind of schemes are more powerful than even those that appear physically. Because you can't see him at work, okay? And you'd be, um, you know, you would think that he does not exist, but he's actually working in the shadows. So most people are ignorant of this warfare that we find ourselves in. And a lot of us are living our lives constantly, daily, you know, moving up. Now, we have to understand that, you know, as I said yesterday, that Satan comes, you know, with certain doctrines and worldview and certain suggestions and temptations. And these things that Satan does, it does not immediately repel us. You know, so it takes a very long time. By the time you realize, as, as one writer said, that he presents the world in an alluring aspect. Okay, and invites us to the pleasure that seems to be harmless and leads us into indulgence until we have gone so far that we cannot reach. Satan 
you know, the, the, the discourse between Satan and Eve is the prototype of the warfare that every Christian thinks in his or her life daily. Daily. That is the warfare you're talking about. You know, he came to, I mean, um, of course, to Eve, and of course, made certain suggestions and said, has God told you not to eat of this? And of course, the threefold, you know, aspects of temptation. The Bible says that for all that is in the world, the last of the eye, the last of the flesh, and the pride of life. You know, she saw it. It was good to look upon. It was, you know, desirable to make one wise, and it was good for the tongue. So this is the the, the warfare that Christians actually um, we, we find ourselves in. That is it. So practically, let me give you some examples. You know, make it very practical. You know, these suggestions might come from your friends, might come from even your parents or even yourself. You know, a friend might tell you that, oh, just drink this alcohol, you know, and you should be sharp as a Christian to see the devil at work. That, no, this is a suggestion from the devil, though the person is your friend. Now, one day, you know, you know, Peter himself, you know, told Jesus that, no, I'm not going to allow you to die. And Jesus looked at Peter and said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. You see, it was Peter. But Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. That means that Satan then be became the influence. And of course, you know, Peter be became the medium. So it's very important to understand that sometimes when your friends are giving you an idea, you must look beyond them and see the spirit that is behind it. So, you know, someone will tell you, oh, just drink this alcohol and you taste it and then for the rest of your life, you become an addict and you are held bound and captive. And of course, you can't do anything, you know, though the suggestion initially seemed benign and, you know, harmless. Or a friend will tell you that, oh, just smoke once, you know, just give you a cigarette once and by the time I realize you realize you are an addict, someone tells you, oh, it's just sex, you know, it's, it's harmless. Do it and of course become addicted. You know, you contract all manner of diseases and then your life is at stake. Suggestions, suggestions. You know, you can get into something in 15 minutes and you take you up more than 15 years to come out. And by the time you come, you realize that that thing has really spoiled your opportunity in your life. And that is how the devil works. You know, by seemingly insignificant suggestions and then of course, temptation. And when you get into it, it costs you. It costs you. Look at Eve. If Eve knew the cataclysmic consequences of the action of eating of the food, which Satan initially blinded her to, she wouldn't have eaten. Look at all that we see in the world. Sin and, of course, the effects of sin. Sicknesses, you know, war, all those kind of things. But you see, initially, Eve didn't know. Eve was just thinking about the, the temporal and, of course, the transient satisfaction, which, of course, that is what Satan always do. He shows you that aspect, the transient one, you know. And, of course, by the time you realize you've entered into something and then it's going to take you a very long time to come out of. This is the kind of warfare we, we find ourselves in many. And this is how Satan usually works. Of course, there's also another form of the spiritual warfare, which, indeed, this is the battle of the mind, okay? It's, it can come in this form or sometimes a suggestion from a friend about what, what, what we call self-identity. 
You know, you allow people to define who you are. Oh, you are not good. You are not this. You are not that. And you see, you accept the definition that other people have said concerning you. And you realize that you are now living your life, you know, suboptimal life because of the definition you have accepted. That is how the devil works. Of course, we can also have the physical aspect where, you know, the devil sets traps in terms of, you know, accidents and all those kind of things. And of course, diseases and illness and all those kind of things. Okay, that is also a physical manifestation of the battle that we, 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 we fight with, with the devil. But primarily and of course, most significantly, the battle is in the night. Okay, so this is how the devil works. And I want you to understand that this is how he works. So these tools that we are going to look at, we are going to see how we are going to use it to, you know, counteract and nullify these forms of warfare that we find ourselves in. Now, when you critically study the Bible, you will notice that there are about um, three things that God asks us to wrestle against, to wrestle against. You're supposed to wrestle against sin. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4. Is that he have not resisted unto bloodshed, striving against sin. So God has asked us to strive against sin. So we are going to use this, these tools that we have to fight against sin in our lives. Of course, and in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, we've seen that, you know, we are supposed to wrestle against the wiles of the devil. In James 4, 7, resist the devil and you flee I mean, from you. <clears throat> Then there's another thing that the Bible has asked us to resist or fight or um, wrestle. Okay, and, and that is wrestle against sluggishness or laziness. It's amazing how the Bible talks about laziness. Of course, in terms of prayerlessness and then wordlessness. We are supposed to fight against all these things in our life. Let's go to Ephesians 6, verse 12. Is that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That is to say that you know, the warfare is not against the human being. You know, that when I understood this, I stopped fighting with people. I stopped quarreling and arguing with people. You know, they are not, they, they are not, you know, how do you call it? The, the, the source. Okay, they become the medium to which sometimes the devil wants to, to, to use. When you understand this, you know, you, you don't fight, you don't quarrel. You know, when someone sees something, just know oh, this person is immature. This person has just allowed Satan to use. And then you move on. When I understood this, Wow, you realize that this, this, this is a kind of life where you don't have issues with anybody. You know, your real I mean, enemy is the devil. You know, you love the people. Of course, they may, they may have done something wrong, but you know that the wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but of course, against principalities. Now, the word principle, I, I don't have time to go into details, but I'll just summarize it. When you talk about principality, principality talks about a principle. Okay, we are talking about a principle. You know, when you go to the nursing school, they have the principal. The principal is the one in charge. The principal makes principles or laws that govern the streets. Okay, so we can have principalities of nations. You know, in the book of Daniel, you hear something like the prince of Persia. So he is in charge. He makes rules and regulations concerning that, that, that jurisdiction. Okay, so he makes principles. So that is, and you know, sometimes you have familiar or family principalities. So they make certain principles in your family that nobody leaves you know, um, how the, up to this age, or nobody, um, you know, have successful marriage in this in this family, or nobody goes beyond certain level. You know, it is a principle that he has set. And until you are 
you know, you arm yourself for this. You are going to also be subjugated or subject yourself to these principles. And you realize that you're a child of God, but things are not going on well. You have to be aware and your eyes must be open to some of these principalities and their principles. Okay, and as you put on the whole armor of God, you'll be able to resist and wrestle against these principalities. And of course, powers and rulers of darkness. And there is something that I, I really enjoy or I like, okay? He says that, um, 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 how do you call it? Against spiritual hosts of wickedness. I want you to understand that these enemies that we are fighting, they are very wicked. Now, let me just open your eyes to what is what's going on. You know, I just realized something that these, these, these few weeks a month, a lot of young people are dying. You think that they have good plans. Ha, if your eyes is open to see the plans and the ploys that Satan has concerning you. You know, one, one gift that I have is that, you know, I'm able to, to, to see the plans of the devil. You know, sometimes I've been a cardinal, God will show me that the devil wanted an accident to happen. You know, sometimes I'm just crossing the gutter, then God will show me what the devil planned, that I should have fallen inside and then broken my leg, and so on and so forth. And really like, these, these forces that we are talking about are very wicked. So as a Christian, you, you can just decide to go on, you know, just enjoy yourself, don't pray, you don't read the Bible, and move on. You know, you are, you are pray, you are, you are pray, you are pray. Hallelujah. And let's, let, let's move on to this. 14, I'll, I'll just talk about, you know, verse 13 talks about also, I want you to emphasize on the word stand, 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 and then we stand. Then let's go to verse 14. Okay, so verse 14 will lead us to the first, the first um, 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 armor that we are going to look at, and that is the, the, the belt of truth. Okay, say so that stand, you know, therefore, having gathered your waists with the belt of truth. Okay, now I want you to zoom into the picture. You can zoom in and, and see how the, the belt is. You know, the belt is not like the belt that the boys use. I mean, we use. Okay, you can see that the belt over there, you know, it includes everything. It's, it's a lot of things, okay? You know, you can see something which looks like the normal belt we have. And then below it is also the belt where they've inserted the sword. They've inserted, you know, there are some other spaces over there that they put small, small knives in, okay? And there is a part that I want you to pay attention to, which protects the, 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 the soldier's, you know, male reproductive organ. So you see, all those things are part of the belts, okay? They are all part of it, the, and they all have spiritual significance. You can also see that the, 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 the breastplate of righteousness is also tucked into the belt, okay? It's also tucked into the belt. It's, it's, it's also in the belt. Now I'm going to explain all these things. What is the belt? You say that the belt, let me end, our time is almost up. Let me just end in three minutes. Is that the belt of truth? Now, what is truth? Or which kind of truth is he talking about? Is it just, it doesn't merely means, you know, not lying or speaking the truth. Of course, it's far from that. It's far from that. Now, if you look at, you know, the, the question I ask myself that, why didn't Paul begin by describing the, the helmets or the sword or the breastplate, you know, or the shield? Because they are the more elegant, ostentatious, of course, pompous, you know, part of the, the armor. But he begins by describing the belt. And that is to say that that is the most important or the most significant. So it begins with the belt, the belt of truth. Now, remember that we are fighting against the wiles of the enemy. That is the deception. So in order to fight against deception, we use truth to fight against deception. Ah, and then you know that the truth you are talking about is the word of God. Because, oh, I, I will show you a, a lot of scriptures. You know, um, um, of course, you can go to John 1, 14. The word became flesh, was a man, you know, full of grace and truth. So truth is the word. The word became flesh, full of grace and truth. So the word of God is truth. You, you can go to 
you know, um, John 1, 17, said Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. You know, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came to Jesus Christ. That's the word of God. You can also see in John chapter 5, verse 33, where John said, I came to bear witness unto the truth. Okay, the truth indeed is Jesus Christ, and that is the word of God. And typically, you know, John 17, 17 is, is, is the most important verse. John 17, 17. Start, sanctify them through thy truth, for thy word is truth. So the truth, the belt of truth is the word of God. That is the word of God. Of course, the, the belt looks unappealing. It's not, it's not nice, but that is what he began to talk about. And that is the same thing with the word of God. You know, we have the word of God at our, indeed, at our disposal. People don't, people don't read it. That's what he said about Jesus. He has no form or comeliness that when he should see him, we should desire him. That's the same thing with the word of God. But of course, the word of God is the most crucial. First of all, you can see that the sword is in. Now, the sword, as you also see, is the, also the word of God. Later on, you will see that. But the difference is that, you know, the word of God, we have two forms of it. We have the logos and the rumor. You know, the belt is the logos. That is the written word. That is Jesus Christ. That is the written word. But you see that the sword is the rumor. Rima means the revealed word or the spoken word. So, for example, you know that, you know, um, um, how do you call it? A lot of things have, have been written in the scriptures, okay? But let's say that you go through an attack or there's something, then, then a certain aspect of the uh, scripture just comes to mind and you speak it. Once you speak it, it becomes the rumor. So the rumor is the inspired and is the revealed and is the word of God in function. That is the functional, that is the rumor. And, and that is the sword. So, the, so you can see that the, the, the rumor is from the logos. That is why the sword is inside the belt, okay? And now you also see that we saw that the breastplate of righteousness was in, was connected to the belt. That is to say that our righteousness is revealed in the word of God. Read the word of God and see that you have been made the righteousness of God. Of course, you can also see that, you know, the, the shield of faith is also attached, is connected to, to the belt. When, when the soldiers are not fighting, okay, the shield is connected to the word. The shield of faith. That's also say that the word is from the word that we have faith. That's why we say that faith cometh by hearing and hearing, you know, by the word of God. And then I showed you some small space over there where they put the small, small knives. Okay, the small, small knives are called the lance or the lances, okay? And they are for um, um, uh, prayer, okay? So they represent prayer. And that seems to suggest that prayer or effective prayer comes from the word of God. Now, I also that it also protects the reproductive structure, okay? And that means that a, a Christian that is productive, or a Christian that is fruitful, is a Christian that stays in the word of God. Now, when you read the word of God and you tell the word of God and you accept the word of God as truth, then no suggestions that the devil says concerning you, that you are not good, you know, you are not going to accept that. And when the devil tries to deceive you with the, his cunning ability, you hold on to the word of God as truth. You hold on. That's why when, when, when Jesus was being tempted by the devil, so then you, what, Jesus, what, what made Jesus uh, succeed in that temptation is that for it is written, for it is written. Hallelujah. So the more of the word of God that you have in you, the more stable you are, the more strong you are, then all the other aspects of the armor we are going to see is, is actually going to, to come to pass in your life. So it all begins with the word of God. It all begins. So when you see that some of us are tarrying the word of God for long and we are studying it, you know, you, you can say, oh, you're a medical student. Oh, don't worry. When the, when the time comes, you see that what sustains you really is not, 
you know, Davidson or whatever you have. But really, it's the amount of the word of God that you have in you. That's what David said. How shall a young man keep his wisdom pure except he hears your word? Your word have I hid in my heart that I may not, that I may not sin against you. That your word is more to be desired than good. Yeah, even the finest gold of coffee. Thank you very much for joining us today. And then God bless you. After run away. We will continue tomorrow with the breastplate of righteousness and its implication in the world. But in summary, the most important is the is the is the belt of truth, which signifies the logos, the written word of God. And it's from which all the other other aspects that we are going to see come from. And that is the most significant and the most important. So as you study the word of God, it's not a waste of time, but really it is actually arming yourself against the evil day. God bless you and we continue tomorrow. God bless you. Please, you are far behind time. So, we are definitely going to unmute and then share in the words of the place. But because before that, um, I want to remind us of our class retreat, which will come on the 12th of June, all right, from 9 to 1 p.m. Please be reminded and let's prepare accordingly. Um, let's share the grace together. Can we unmute our mics? All right. Now with faith and love, the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, and surely God's goodness and mercy for us with all the days of our lives. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you for joining. Have a wonderful day. Right. God bless you too, Stephen.